3: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality.
1: The cream of the crop!
4: Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I will be your host. Joining me for today's game as scorekeeper is Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Good. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing really well. Uh, Who are the players today, Jeff?
3: So we've got Matt and Ken in a one-on-one matchup.
4: What up? Hey. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, Jeff, why don't you break down the rules of the game for us, as always?
3: All right. So the game is simple. 20 questions and a variety of topics worth 10 points apiece, split into two rounds. At halftime, we're going to have a special swing round designed by uh, Neil, our host today, uh, where the players can hopefully either take a larger lead, gain some ground, make a comeback... Uh, all all in the middle there And then uh, at the end of regulation Players will enter the final round With the points that they have accumulated They'll have the chance to wager 0-30 to 30 points On 5 questions Based on their confidence in the final round categories At the end of the game Someone will be named the cream of the crop The cream will rise to the top
4: Oh yeah I'm going to be the cream of the crop And I'm ready Ken is calling his shot How do you feel about that Matt?
3: I think
0: that he's probably right And I am also ready to play the game all right. You are the
4: don't relent early.
3: He's a pushover.
5: Yeah, I'm, I give up very easily. You're the, you're the watery <laughs> yeah. waste product. Yeah, that goes to the bottom.
3: He's the white flag yeah. of Switzerland.
4: He's just a, a viscous vile. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of other V words, but nope,
0: I you got nothing. I got nothing.
4: Yeah. All right, guys. So we're gonna start round one with question one. Once used to pave airport runways. What road surface was invented by E. Purnell Hooley in nineteen oh one? So what road surface was used to I'm pave in. Ken is in, Pave airport runways invented by E. Pernell Hooley in nineteen
0: oh one? Yeah, I think I'm in.
4: Okay. Both you guys are in. Uh, mm-hmm. let's start
5: with Ken. All right, so an airport runway is usually referred to as a tarmac. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say tar
4: okay
0: yeah that makes more sense uh i said asphalt because i wasn't too sure i just know that
4: that's around that time period so so uh what was your answer matt asphalt asphalt okay so unfortunately ken was very close but uh the it is short for tarmacatum. it is tarmac itself he invented not tar oh okay you just said tar all right but you did write tarmac so that's up to you no no you did write tarmac down though so that is the official score sheet you get the points the answer is tarmac
0: I also wrote tarmac, even though I said asphalt. That's that's,
5: that's less true. (laughs) I mean, is tarmac uh, synonymous with tar? I I would assume that tar is just short for tarmac, right? Uh,
4: Well, at least in the research that I gave, uh, it seemed to be different. Um, Tarmac is short for tarmacatum, a type of road surfacing material.
3: Don't give me points.
4: No, no, you wrote Tarmac, though. I have yeah. to. That was the official answer. <laughs> His and, uh, hands are tied.
3: Tar is also naturally occurring. So. Oh. Okay. Like, so, it's, fair it's, enough.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but you did write it down, and I may, I, we have to go off the score sheet. So, Question two. In 1993, the ratings for the Super Bowl halftime show were actually higher than for the game itself for the first time. What musician performed that year and changed the perception of the halftime show forever? Okay. Damn! Writing an
5: answer?
3: It's actually quite humorous to look back at some of the people they had host, now mm-hmm. that it's just such a big spectacle, because it's just like, what were they thinking? Like, mm-hmm. how is this
4: entertaining? But, yeah, it's, it's quite funny.
0: Um, I have an answer, and it might be wrong. but Okay,
4: well, we started with Ken last time. Let's start with Matt.
0: Um, I know she did uh, the National Anthem one year, and it was a big deal, uh, but I put Whitney Houston.
4: Okay. Uh, what was the year you said? Nineteen ninety-three.
5: Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not good with uh, football questions. This is football adjacent. I just said Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. so he maybe you brought some uh, pop spectacle to the to the thing.
4: The answer is the King of Pop, Michael Ugh. Jackson. That makes sense. Ooh. So the game people wanted to ignore was Super Bowl twenty-seven, where the Dallas Cowboys decimated the Buffalo Bills fifty-two to seventeen. Also interesting to date. The most viewed halftime show still belongs to Katy Perry from 2015 with 120.7 mm-hmm. million views. All thanks to Left Shark. So Shark. I
5: admittedly le- uh, lucked out on that question yeah. there.
3: She wrote in on the back of a, what was she on? Like some kind of like... Huge... An elephant thing. Was it an elephant? Yeah. I was like some kind of crazy beast. Uh,
5: yeah, I, th- I think I remember that. I think it was a lion. Because it was like... that, that lion song, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Roar. roar.
3: Yeah. yeah, hear me roar. It was definitely a lion.
5: So i got to give a shout-out to my uh, my buddy Shane from work. He's got a left uh, shark shirt with a picture of the left shark, and it says, never forget. And I promise him he's going to leave it in his closet, and he's going to forget. He's (laughs) going to take it out, and he's not going to remember what it was from. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait. That would be a good story. But shout-out to Shane. What's up, Shane?
4: Uh, All right, right on to question three. In an unhappy coincidence, the movie The China Syndrome, which was about the cover-up of a safety problem at a nuclear power plant, premiered two weeks before an infamous accident at what facility?
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm locked in.
4: All right, Ken and Matthew are both locked in. Let's start with Ken. We'll just put uh, Chernobyl. Okay.
0: I also put Chernobyl.
4: So when I read this myself, uh, I thought Chernobyl... Uh, as well, uh, which is actually wrong. Uh, Jeff, uh, what is the answer? You look like you knew it. Uh,
3: that would be Three Mile Island. Yep.
4: Mm. Correct. So, the most most significant accident in U.S. commercial mm. nuclear power plant history occurred on March 28, nineteen seventy nine, in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, Three Mile Island. Mm. See, stay right. corrected. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't
0: uh, know that. Chernobyl was the only guess I was going to have. So, yeah, yeah. Sure go with that. I've, Me too. I've
5: definitely heard of Three Mile Island mm-hmm. and the meltdown there, but I uh, wouldn't have come to mind. Yep.
4: Okay. Uh, Now we're going to move on uh, to a little bit of food. Hung to dry for two months, hog is a fermented Icelandic delicacy made from the meat of what animal?
5: I'm in. I was thinking about writing this question.
4: Oh,
0: yeah? (laughs) Yeah. That is bad news for me. Um, All right, I'm locked in.
4: All right, I'll start with
2: Matt.
0: Um, I'm just thinking something in that region. I went with walrus. Okay. It's a shark, I believe. Ugh.
4: Uh, it, it is what would have happened to Left Shark if he was not popular. <laughs> uh, the answer is shark. Yikes. So, uh, Hakarl translates to fermented shark and is a national dis- dish of Iceland, uh, consisting of a Greenland shark and other sleeper shark. Mm. We
5: saw that on uh, Bizarre Foods on the Travel Channel.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I have to check out that episode. It's an, old, it's an
5: older episode, but I saw that and I, was, uh, I always kind of remembered that. I was like, what was that called again? I looked it up. Hakarl. Oh,
4: uh, all right, well, it's uh, time for question five, which we like to call our listener-submitted question. If you have a good question that you'd like to send us to incorporate into the game, make sure to send us an email to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com, and in the subject line, put question five. Uh, we will choose one question for each round, and if you'd like to send to a specific host, since we uh, rotate every week, just add one of our forenames names after question five, and that way we'll make sure the other hosts do not peak. All right. So question five, gentlemen. It's a long one here, so uh, buckle up. (laughs) Author Roderick Thorpe wrote a book called Nothing Lasts Forever in 1979. A sequel to his book, The Detective, which became a film starring Frank Sinatra as NYPD detective Joe Leland. Almost 10 years later, Fox adapted Nothing Lasts Forever into a film that Sinatra gracefully turned down because he was 73 years old at the time. The role eventually went to an unproven comedic television star who would become a household name after its release. What film am I talking about? Mm. I have
5: a guess. So towards the end here, something rang a bell.
4: Right, I tried to give you guys some clues in here.
5: And the thing was, I remember that there was a character that um, Sinatra had the first right of refusal on. Mm -hmm. And it made no sense for him to play this character at the time, but they had to offer it to him. Uh, for this film, and I think that's what you're referring to. I can't remember what it was. It made no sense for him to play it, though.
4: Do you mean me to repeat the question, or no? No,
5: no. I just need to remember uh, what what that was. How are you feeling, Matt?
0: Pretty confident, as far as I think I have a general idea. I'm throwing together some of the some of the clues together and hoping for the best. I think I'm in the
5: right time frame.
4: Oh, who was it, man?
5: It's not coming to me. I'm just gonna bow out. I can't remember what it was
4: you're tapping yeah okay uh what do you got matt
5: so
0: you said 79 was when the book was released so i figured a movie would be somewhere around 82 83 10 years later puts you in around 92 93 uh, young comedic actor i was thinking will smith so i said bad boys
4: okay not not bad logic there not uh, right logic either. it's not right logic Um, but, uh, the film is, uh, what some consider to be the, the most perfect action film of all time and a good Christmas movie, Die Hard. Yeah. It's a
0: Bruce Willis. Yep.
4: So, so the film was presented to Schwarzenegger as a sequel to Commando. He turned it down along with Stallone, Harrison Ford, and Mel Gibson also saying no. The writer, Steven D'Souza said that any of the scenes without Bruce Willis that you see in the film were written in film so that he could take some time off as he was filming his TV show Moonlighting during the day. And going straight to set to film Die Hard at night, so he was exhausted, mm-hmm. and this gave the filmmakers a chance to fully flesh out some of the cool supporting casts.
5: Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking of.
4: Yep. And just like Ken said, actually, that is the true story. They had uh, in the contract they had to offer it to Sinatra, but he was so old, and you know, obviously, he said no. I
0: just really want to see a Frank Sinatra version of Bad Boys, as to be honest.
5: <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing the Frank Sinatra version of Die, Die Hard. <laughs> All right, Hans. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: I don't think he would have ever gotten the gun off of his back. I just
5: mm. wanted to see Sinatra walking over that glass. Yeah.
4: Uh, all right, on to question six. What <sighs> denomination of Protestantism was founded in the 16th century by a Frenchman whose tombstone only reads J.C.? J.C.? J.C. Hmm. Not uh, the- J.Z. Oh, oh, I was thinking J.C. Jesus J. Christ? Yeah 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 joshua uh yeah jc shizé yeah. jc shizé yeah or jesus christ yeah same right what denomination of protestantism was founded in the 16th century by Frenchmen frenchman whose tombstone only reads jc
5: just running through different denominations
0: well you're ahead of me uh as i know very few uh
5: there's there's many
0: yeah there's many sects religion not my strong point well, so far, not many things are my strong point. <laughs> we gotta.
4: Mine nope. is uh, not religion either, but yeah. I try to put a clue in there.
5: I've written the best answer I can.
0: I mm-hmm. think.
4: Okay. It's not. It's not great.
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Uh, All I'm, right.
4: So Matt seems a little more unsure, but let's start with Matt.
0: Yeah, let's start with Matt. I just put Lutherism because I
5: can't think of anything. So. Okay. So I was pretty sure that was not it because that was Martin Luther. Yeah. I, um, I went with Jehovah's Witness. Mm.
4: Okay. So the clue was in the JC. Yeah. John Calvin. Calvin
5: Calvinism. Calvinism. Uh, of course. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't uh, bring that to mind. Yeah.
4: The thing that
3: threw me off was French. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't entirely sure when I was thinking about this myself, as if I were playing, I was just yeah. like, it's the only thing that made sense. It was just
5: pronounced Jean Calvin.
3: Yeah. It could have been Jean Calvert, yeah.
0: And I was always more of a Hobbesist myself, so yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> So bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh well yeah no it's okay though so let's get a score update
3: Jeff. let's four.
0: not let's pass
3: so after six we are looking at a score of 30 to nothing mm-hmm. ken holds the lead over matt on this all right so, so still st- close yeah one. still anybody's game at this point point. 30 is not a i could have
5: run away but i decided not yeah.
3: to now that was very kind of you ken's very full of himself at the moment well, yeah. matt, the exact
4: score he deserved yeah matt can go four straight here. i can't argue with that
5: yeah. those were the answers i knew uh all right question seven and one lucky guess and one, uh, one uh, grace, graceful uh, mm-hmm. move by Neil yeah. by giving me the first question. And I'm still
0: stuck here on the tarmac, so.
4: <laughs> well, speaking of uh, of aircraft. No. <laughs> uh, what is an aircraft's main body section called? The main body of an aircraft. Okay. Ken uh, is in? Yeah. Matt is in. Jeff also is in. Okay. So let's start with Ken. I just went with the cabin. Okay. I also went cabin. All
3: right. I, I know I'm not playing, but I'd like to take a guess here. Yeah, go ahead. Is it fuselage?
4: The answer is fuselage. Ugh. Coming from the French word fusel, meaning spindle-shaped, it is also the word that knocked me out of winning the fourth grade spelling bee mm. and is permanently burned in my brain.
2: <laughs> so, I'll never ah, forget I it. I won't forget that I story. I only know
0: that they said it multiple times in Lost so that they had to find the fuselage, and that's the only time yeah. I've ever heard that before. So,
4: Houses all the important parts. Okay, question eight. Cohiba, Dutch master... And Padron are all brands of what?
5: I'm locked in. Dutch master. Uh, I was thinking of paint, but that's Dutch boy. Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) Cohiba. That that would be like... You said brands? Brands of what? Yep. Cohiba. Hey, Dutch boy, come over here. Give me a Dutch boy. (laughs) I didn't store anything, please.
0: Oh my God.
4: (laughs) It's pretty good. Thank you. All right, uh, let's start with Ken. I said whiskey. I don't know. Okay, no, it's not a bad guess. Matt?
0: I said Tequila.
4: See, te- no, so tequila is kind of where it tricks that's you because you're patron. thinking of Patron. I know. But uh, that's a, that is a good guess. The answer is cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cohiba cigars specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: That, those are the Cubans.
4: Yep. So they're Cubans. Yep. Uh, Cohiba cigars specifically are favorites among Arnold Schwarzenegger, David Letterman, and the comic book character Wolverine. Ah. Yeah,
5: that's right. So I'd, I'd heard of Cohiba. I just couldn't place it. Yep. And uh, I was way, I
0: was off. I was hoping Padron was a knockoff of (laughs) Like It
4: probably (laughs) is somewhere.
0: Like the Aldi version of it.
4: Um, All right, question nine. Sometimes referred to as horse, what addictive drug was once sold by Bayer as a cough treatment?
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that answer. Okay, I'm in.
4: All right, Matt was in first. Let's go with him.
0: All right, so I was thinking horse starts with H, could be a codename for heroin.
4: All right, Ken? I said the same. All right. The answer is heroin. Yes. On the board. So the nickname horse comes from horse trainers giving heroin to their uh, horses. uh, And when they give heroin to a horse, a horse feels unnatural sleepiness creeping into its nervous system. For some reason. Like the shock caused by a fatal bite of a carnivore. So the hopped up horse will run without reserve. Um, And in the United States, cocaine, heroin, and morphine were legal for anyone with a doctor's prescription to buy from a drugstore until prohibited by the Harrison Act of 1914. So, so, yeah, I, when you yeah. said
3: horse, I would, have, I would have thought maybe ketamine because that's a horse tranquilizer. Mm-hmm. But I had, yeah, that's interesting.
4: Yep, they used to dope up the horses. And uh, just for <laughs> you other guys, another little piece of trivia just remember Harrison Ford pointing at you not to have uh, any drugs, but and that'll remind you that the, you could have bought them with a prescription.
0: Harrison Ford
4: Harrison Ford just because he points a lot oh. and he goes
3: no more drugs
0: I thought that you was know. the Harrison Act was named after him it was named after Harrison Ford yeah
4: pre-birth well, fun fact <laughs>
3: let's say America's largest anti-drug ad- advocate
4: for mm-hmm. what Provasic Provasic he switched the samples okay um, question 10 this is one of probably my favorite question of the uh, of the game here President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated on April fourteenth, eighteen sixty-five, at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. Oh, what, play was what play was he watching when John Wilkes Booth shot him?
3: Well, I have to take this out of any future games because this is a question that's a favorite of mine. So uh, I've well got, done, Neil.
5: I've got that one. You can uh, you can speak freely. Okay, so
0: it's probably not cats. Got it. <laughs> uh, when I go with all online? the ones. <laughs> it's not. Uh, this is a tough one because 1865 is a long time ago. Uh, uh, Ford's Theater.
4: Not Hamilton because it would be very insensitive for them to be <laughs> singing I'm going to get my shot yeah.
0: in
3: front
4: of Lincoln.
0: Um, I'm just going to write something down. Abraham
3: Lincoln jokes just recently became fun.
0: Right.
5: So. Yeah, I was saying what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken, let's go with you
4: first. I believe it was called Our American Cousin. Okay,
0: Matt? And I just went with a Shakespeare play and said Twelfth Night.
4: Okay, that's, uh, Shakespeare isn't a bad place to go, but it is Our American Cousin. Oh. So here's a little uh, historical uh, knowledge here. Our American Cousin is a three-act play by English playwright Tom Taylor. John Wilkes Booth waited for what some consider to be one of the play's funniest lines, hoping the laughter would drown out the gunshot. So halfway through Act 3, Scene 2, the character of Asa Trenchard, played that night by Harry Hawk, great name, utters this specific line to Miss Mount Chessington. Don't know the manners of good society, eh? Well, I guess I don't know enough to turn you inside out, old gal, you soctologizing old man-trap. Huh. Cue the laughter and cue the yeah. gunshot. I can and see the, why they got a big laugh. The
5: theater goes wild. theater
4: goes wild. Yeah.
3: Wow, that was not that long ago. English has changed dramatically.
5: People were, were falling out of their seats <laughs> from that one. <laughs> yeah, they At were. least one was falling out of his seat. Oh, so. goodness. <laughs> well and john its okay abraham leg. lincoln jokes are funny yeah.
3: i mean you're
4: taking cheap shots at lincoln yeah
5: oh in
0: the land of lincoln that's fine
4: <laughs> i'm okay with it be <laughs> great if matt had a lincoln and he like got into his lincoln like iris no one respects lincoln more than me <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right so at the end of the first round here matt crept down to the board with one uh right answer so he's sitting at 10 points Ken, on the other hand. Yep, um, don't check in my math because 50 is a hard number to come by. Uh, I got half of the questions right. He's at 50 points.
2: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Uh, so I know I, I said this game before we recorded that it might be a little harder than usual. So... Apologize for that. Uh, this swing around is going to be a little harder than I wanted. I was, full disclosure, going to do uh, Rap Lyric or Shakespeare, uh, but I did not. So I'm inventing a new game today. Uh, it is called Five and Five. And the way this is going to work is I have four categories where I'm going to be looking for five answers. And what I'm going to do is... Uh, who is not in the lead right now, Matt? Correct. Matt is not so in the lead. So Matt is basically going to, to choose what categories can answers... And what, when he, what categories he gets to answer to hopefully give him an advantage. So I'm going to give you these categories. Matt, think about them. You get to pick the first category that Ken will answer to. Is you get to draw first blood, okay? Okay. All right, Matt. So the first of four categories that you get to choose for Ken. The first one is going to be President's Names. The next one is going to be Kool-Aid. Next one is going to be Natural Disasters. And the last one is going to be Elements just elements just elements all right uh, if you want I'll, I'll be a little bit more specific chemical elements uh, abundant chemical elements we'll say that
0: okay and then each of these you have to you'll have to name five of something
4: you'll need five so you have a possible uh you have a chance to get 50 points in each of these categories wow so some of them have more than five some of them are only five mm-hmm. but uh, i'm looking for five answers gotcha. and you're going to get a minute for each of them so which one do you want Ken to answer first since you're behind right? me
0: um, now? Natural disasters.
4: All right, so he'll have natural. So circle that one, Ken. All right, now, um, Ken, are you, you pick one?
5: Uh, I will have him do uh, Kool-Aid.
4: Yeah. Kool-Aid? Okay, and Matt, you pick Ken's last category?
5: Uh, elements. Elements? He's not getting presidents.
4: Okay, and Matt, <laughs> you will have presidents names, right? Yeah. All right, so we're going to start. Shuck.
5: somehow I didn't think I was going to end up with that one.
4: So, uh, Ken, you are going to get one minute, and uh, we're going to start with you with natural disasters. I want you to name me the top five states with the most tornadoes every year. Get one minute, starting now. Oklahoma. That is one of them. Kansas. That is one of them. Nebraska. That is one of them. Illinois. That is not in the top five. Uh, One more guess. We'll say...
5: Idaho.
4: Idaho is not in the top five. I'm sorry. So you got three out of five. So here are the top I'm about ten. To say Iowa. Mississippi ten. Missouri is nine. Alabama is eight. Iowa is seven. Colorado six. Illinois. I'm sorry. Illinois is six. Um, Nebraska is five. Florida four. Oklahoma Florida. three. Kansas two. And Texas one. So Ken got thirty points on that. Uh,
3: but also, if you think about Delaware. like the the top panhandle, yeah. it's, it's, it's right,
0: right there, there with Oklahoma. Yeah.
4: yeah. All right, Matt, uh, which one would you like to do now?
0: Uh, Let's start with Kool-Aid.
4: Kool-Aid, here we go. So I need you to name me any five of the original six flavors of Kool-Aid.
0: So I'm going to start with grape. That is one. uh, Cherry. That is one. Lime.
4: Can you be more specific? Lemon lime.
0: Correct. Fruit punch.
4: Uh, Incorrect. One last guess. Um, So you said... Oh, orange. Orange is correct. So four out of five. So so you said cherry grape lemon lime orange and you missed raspberry and strawberry raspberry and strawberry
0: the blue one i couldn't think of the name of it i'm like no that probably came later yeah blue Blue, blue.
4: (laughs) and ken what is your second of the five and five chemical elements all right chemical elements here we go oh this is gonna and this was i
3: wish i was playing
4: this was a good play on matt here uh giving this to ken in terms of mass name five of the eight most abundant chemical elements found in ocean water all right hydrogen
5: okay oxygen Okay, sodium. Mhm. Chloride. Chlorine. No.
4: What do you think, Jeff, scorekeeper? Chloride is
5: Chloride's the an is, ion. is the ion of chlorine.
3: So it, and it's only used in so that, molecules. So
0: that's one wrong and then one so right. So I don't think
4: you can. All right, that. so chlorine.
5: So okay. chloride wrong, chlorine.
4: Okay, so you said oxygen, hydrogen, uh, chlorine. got wrong, chlorine. You got right. That's uh, three out of four. And you sodium. have one more guess, and sodium. And sodium or, so four out of five. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Oxygen, hydrogen, chlorine, sodium. Can I guess the last one? Yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh, Calcium.
4: Calcium, potassium, magnesium, and sulfur. Uh, All right. So the last uh, category in this five and five goes to Matt, and it is president's names. So here we go. As of 2014, I want you to give me the top five presidents who schools are named after, K through 12, as of 2014. So there's. Glad I don't have that one.
0: Name all the top five ones.
4: There's 12 here I have top 12. Mm. Give me five on that list. I was looking for the top five, but since Ken got five out of eight uh, abundant chemical elements, I'll let you pick okay. five off that list.
0: So definitely Jefferson.
4: Yes. So Jefferson is number two with 73.
0: Uh, Washington.
4: Washington is number three with 53. Adams. Uh, which one? Um, John. John Adams is, is with 20. Yep. Monroe. Uh, I'm sorry. There is no Monroe. Um, and Roosevelt. Uh, Which Roosevelt? Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt? Yep, 24. All right, so that's uh, four out of five. Anyone else want to wager any guesses? Who's number one?
0: Lincoln. Oh, my God.
4: Lincoln with 45 is not number one, but he's on the list. Yep.
0: I just hate Lincoln.
4: Ah, Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, 94. So here's the list Uh, 94, John F. Kennedy. 73, Thomas Jefferson. With 53, George Washington. With 52, surprisingly, Woodrow Wilson. With 45, Abraham Lincoln. 24, Teddy Roosevelt. 20, John Adams. James Madison also with 20 19 Dwight D Eisenhower and uh, last but not least with 15 Ronald Reagan Woodrow Wilson was our most educated
3: president the only one to achieve a doctorate mm. uh, before he was when he was a lawyer before yeah. he became president so that makes sense he named schools after him then <laughs> so tallying that all back in we're looking at going into round two Matt takes a huge leap forward uh, up to 90 Ken still with the lead edges up to
4: 120. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Time to move into round two with question one. As you guys know, I like to put in uh, Spielberg questions pretty much every game in some fashion or another. This first question is a Spielberg question. He owns the movie studio DreamWorks, but the full name of DreamWorks is DreamWorks SKG. Uh, The S stands for Spielberg. The K stands for Katzenberg. What does the G stand for? Spielberg, Katzenberg, and who?
0: The only person I could think of, and I know it's not right, but it's going to make me laugh, so I'm going to say it anyway.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know
0: this one. <sighs> G.
4: There's like 666
0: you, names running through my I list. i give you uh, it's, a it's, small it's, hint if you it's want. That's okay.
4: I'll give you a hint no, anyway. It's... Spielberg does mostly live-action films, obviously. Katzenberg is known for his animated films with Trek oh. and whatnot. The G is someone in the music industry. He's the music wing. That's okay,
3: a, that's a great question. Um, I wish I wish I could have been there to answer all three, but that's, that's a solid question. I still
0: don't know. I have an, a better than Steve Gutenberg guess. So.
4: Okay, so Ken Taps, uh, Matt, what do you think?
0: Uh, you said music. I went with the only G I know in music, and Barry Gordy. That's
4: not a bad guess. No. Uh, so the answer is Spielberg, Katzenberg, and David Geffen. Geffen,
0: that makes more sense. Yep. I wish it was Barry Gordy though, because then I'd be right.
4: All right, so right on to question two. In 1996, what rap artist released a posthumous album under the alias Machiavelli?
5: Mm-hmm. I don't think this one's in my wheelhouse.
4: Here.
0: <laughs> well, luckily, 90s rap music is in my wheelhouse. So. Okay, it looks like Ken's um,
4: drawing a
5: line through his answer. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just tapping on, on this because it would be another guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tupac Shakur.
4: Matt is correct, it is Tupac Shakur mm. uh, The album was called The Don Colluminati, The Seven Day Theory, commonly shortened to The Seven Day Theory It was his fifth and final studio album released two months after his death
0: He's had a bunch of stuff since then that they just keep putting out, like different songs and that
5: kind of thing Including a hologram
4: Yeah, he yeah. keeps doing tour dates as a hologram I don't yeah. know what the deal with that is but <laughs> um, Fun trivia fact, just to add on to this Does anyone know what Tupac's last two words were before he died while looking at a police officer?
5: Anything I could say would be
4: inappropriate. Yeah. Well, we can bleep it out because we will have to. Well,
5: I don't know.
0: The mm. answer
4: was F- you. All right.
0: <laughs> Good information to have. That's there you nice. go. That's... He, di- he died the
5: way he lived. Yeah. He
4: died Into the way science. he lived. All eyes on me. All mm. right. Question three. In Greek mythology, what unfortunate nymph is able to only repeat words spoken by others?
0: So it's a name you're looking for?
4: Um. Yes. Okay. Canis in? Yeah, I don't know. But All right, sure. Uh, let's go with Ken first. Said mimic. Okay, that's a very good guess.
0: I also had a good guess and said mimic.
4: All right, mimic is not the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Correct answer is echo. Oh, that's. Oh yeah. So, uh, Zeus loved consorting with beautiful nymphs and and often visited them on Earth. Eventually, Zeus's wife Hera uh, became suspicious and came from Mount Olympus in an attempt to catch Zeus with the nymphs. Echo, by trying to protect Zeus, endured Hera's wrath, and Hera made her only able to speak the last few words spoken to her. So when Echo met Narcissus and fell in love with him, she was unable to tell him how she felt and was forced to watch him as he fell in love with himself.
5: And then children turned that into a really annoying game.
4: Uh, all right, right on to question four. Right before we go to question four, what was the score? So, uh, well,
3: since the half we've moved up a little bit, Matt did get the Tupac question correct. So he moved up to an even hundred. And uh, Ken, with no questions right this round, uh, sticks to
4: 120. Okay, close game. All right, here we go. Question four. Before setting her sights on becoming a media personality and therapist, this diminutive doctor at four feet seven inches tall served as a sniper and scout in the Israeli Defense Force. Just trying to remember her name.
0: Yeah, I think this is right, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna say
5: I'm in. So all right, uh. Matt is in. The name is just kind of escaping me right now. I know who I'm thinking of. Do you need the clues again, Doctor? No. Sweet little old lady talked about sex all the time. <laughs> what was her name? Is it Laura? Doctor. Sh. Um.
4: About that. Doctor. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Doctor Feelgood.
1: Uh,
5: it was It's just on the tip of my tongue and I can't get it.
4: All right, Ken is tapping once again. This round is all about tapping. All right, Matt, let's see if you got the right answer.
0: Dr. Laura is definitely a person. Uh, I, I'm not sure what she does, but uh, I put Dr. Ruth. It Dr. is Dr. Ruth. That's yeah. what I was thinking
4: of. Born Ruth Westheimer, her military career ended when she was 20 years old, and a cannonball shrapnel pierced both her legs and killed several students at her residence. She would later move to Paris to study psychology, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's time for question five again, uh, which you know we'd like to call our listener submitted a question. Just make sure to send those questions over to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com and put question five in the subject line. And if you want a host's name to uh, specifically read it on air. All right, question five. The phrase pound for pound used to describe a boxer whose skill in the ring puts him head and shoulders above every other fighter in the world. In any weight division was first coined for the one fighter most boxing aficionados agree was the best fighter in history who is that boxer
0: i know it's like a middleweight guy um i'm i'm gonna put an answer
1: all
5: right let's start with ken so i started off i ruled out muhammad ali Mm because i just don't think that's gonna be the answer I moved on to Joe Frazier, and that's what I put as my answer. So Joe Frazier, though now that I think about it, maybe Lennox Lewis or something like that would be
0: more accurate.
4: All right, your answer was Joe Frazier? Joe Frazier. Okay, Matt?
0: My thought behind it was that pound for pound came about as a way to differentiate some of the lighter guys because they weren't the world champions, that they were the pound for pound best boxer, meaning if they went up against somebody who was heavier than them, they wouldn't necessarily um, beat them, but they were the best fighter in their weight class. So I said somebody who was in the middle round. uh, I said Rocky Murciano.
4: All right. Well, in 1975, Muhammad Ali was quoted as saying, I believe I am the greatest heavyweight of all time, but Sugar Ray Robinson yeah. was the greatest fighter of all time. Answer is Sugar Ray Robinson.
0: Yeah, yeah I got stuck on De for a while, and I thought it might have been him. It was somewhere in that range. Not, yeah. not
4: my area, regardless. Mm-hmm. Not mine either, but a lot of people consider him the best fighter of all time. Not having
5: the best round here. <laughs>
4: No, I told you it was going to be a hard game, but at least we made it up in the, I'm in shook. the swing round.
5: I'm sure. I've gotten twice
0: as many right this round than last round with two, so I feel pretty <laughs> good about
4: it. Uh, right on to question six, referring to its quiet rubber soles, what athletic shoe brand introduced the word sneakers in a 1917 ad campaign?
0: 1917.
4: It's going to be some old sneakers.
0: Good lord! All right, I'm I'm in. I'm gonna. Think about it for a second. All right. I have this feeling it's this. It's like a British brand, but I can't think of the name. I mean, Nike's 70s, Adidas. Do um... you
4: have any ideas, Jeff, while Matt's thinking? You don't have to say them out loud, but...
3: No, it, uh, it's interesting. I was I was trying to think of a shoe company that's been around that long. Um, and I have a couple of shoe companies that I can identify have been around that long, but none that I would have associated with sneakers, so I don't have a good guess here.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm fine. All right,
3: Ken, what do you got?
5: Uh, I thought Reebok might have been an older mm-hmm. brand, so went well, with Reebok. Yeah. All right, Matt. Reebok
0: sounds not too bad. I I said Converse.
4: Converse. Okay. And Jeff, any guess?
3: No, I don't. Uh, I don't have a good guess. Um, Matt was thinking it might be British, and the only like really British shoe manufacturer I can think of would be like Wellington. Yeah. So I don't. But I. I'm, yeah. Who knows who invented this? If I
4: said the answer starts with a K, it was Keds. Oh, Keds.
0: K. Keds. I, you know, Keds was another one I was thinking, and
3: that makes perfect sense. I totally missed the K part. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, it's a good thing I'm scorekeeping this game.
4: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, question seven. In 1997, the USS Yorktown was paralyzed when its computer tried to divide a number by what digit?
0: I'm locked in. Okay.
4: All right, start with Matt, you seem pretty confident.
0: Yeah, if you divide any number by zero, everything freaks out, so I said zero.
5: Okay. I also said zero.
4: The answer is zero. The Yorktown was dead in the water for about two hours and 45 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Ron Redman, a deputy technical director, cited politics forcing them to use Windows NT when he thought Unix would have been more appropriate for the control of equipment.
5: Ironically, the answer of zero (laughs) is yielding a score which until now in the round had been zero.
4: Well. Ken might be making a a comeback. Don't call it a comeback, as they say.
3: Well, Ken isn't making a comeback because if my math is correct, he still has a 10-point lead at this point. So
4: your math is better than mine and the Yorktown's, so uh, that is correct. Um, So what's the score update? We have three questions left here.
3: Yeah, I was hoping to to break in with some breaking news. Uh, I thought maybe Matt would have it on that one. He wrote in really quick. Uh, But the score is a blistering 130 for Ken, 120
4: for Matt. All Mm -hmm. right, it's getting closer. Question eight. This one, I think Jeff's gonna like. I don't know why. I just that feel mean, like he will.
0: That means we won't like it, probably.
4: <laughs> Before he was famously exiled to the remote island of Saint Helena, where he died, Napoleon Bonaparte was first banished to this island in the Treaty of Fontainebleau. I'm in. All right, Ken is in. <laughs> I do like this question.
5: Yeah, I have no idea,
0: but I have an answer. So.
4: All right, Matt. What is your answer?
5: Uh, Easter Island. Okay. So I'm drawing my answer from my uh, enjoyment of the novel *Count of Monte Cristo*, which has a great deal of uh, talk of Napoleon
4: being on the island of Elba, just like the actor Idris himself. The answer is Elba. Uh,
3: in fact, that's one of my favorite palindromes. Uh, they said of Napoleon while he approached the island, "Abel was I ere I saw Elba." So it's
4: a nice quote.
5: Did he really, though?
3: Who knows? (laughs) That's like 90% of Winston Churchill quotes were probably somebody else. But if it sounds clever, he probably could have said it. So that's usually how it goes.
4: For for all you Napoleon freaks out there, uh, on St. Helena where he died, Napoleon stayed at the Longwood House, which is now a museum you can visit. Mm. All right. Question nine. From the French word for untie, what literary term refers to the final part of a story where everything is resolved?
0: Can you repeat that?
4: Yep. From the French word for untie, what literary term refers to the final part of a story where everything is resolved? It's kind of a tricky question because there's one I'm sure a lot of people will think of right away that sounds French. Matt, how are you feeling?
5: Um,
0: not good. Uh, literary usually is probably my weakest category.
5: Um, any, any terms that I can think
4: of, of like third act... Mm-hmm. Don't seem French. Well, if you guys want a hint, I can give you a hint. Sure, we'll take yeah. a hint. It is not epilogue, and the actual word starts with a D. And I'm looking for the French word. This isn't ringing
5: any bells for me. So I will bow out to save uh, our listeners' time. Mm-hmm. market zero.
4: <laughs> Anything in your head,
3: Jeff? Or oh, I, you... I happen to I happen to know it.
4: <laughs> All right, we'll let you answer it just to prove yeah I you actually know it. I'm out. Yeah. All right, Jeff. What is the answer?
3: Uh, Denument. That's no. right. Denumal. That's right. Yeah. The denouement. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Pronouncing Moving on. things. Jeff, is my you specialty. butcher the language.
4: <laughs> Mispronouncing things is what I'm good at. Yeah. So this is our last question of regulation. Um, I knew this was going to be a hard game, but the scores are actually not too bad. We're I mean, we're up in a little over 100. Yeah. So.
5: First round was pretty
4: good. Second yeah. round, a uh, little tough. Little tough, but. I try to make it progressively harder, so. All right, question 10. In 1949, this Shakespeare-infused Broadway musical won the first Tony Award presented for Best Musical.
5: 1949?
4: 49. Shakespeare-infused Broadway musical. All right, Matt, are you in? Yeah. Okay, so let's start with Matt.
0: So, I know that West Side Story is basically a Romeo and Juliet, Joliet-type, Retelling, um, so I just said West Side Story.
5: I, I think uh, I think Matt's right. He is right about that being a retelling. Um, I was kind of along the same lines, but uh, West Side Story wasn't popping into my mind. So I, I haven't uh, seen South Pacific or anything related to it. But I thought it might be a reinterpretation, so I said South Pacific.
4: Okay, well, uh, West Side Story was sort of the ring that you know you want to take to get you away from the answer because it is Shakespeare, it is Romeo and Juliet. But this particular musical with music by Cole Porter was uh, infused with Taming of the Shrew. It's Mm -hmm. Kiss Me, Kate. No,
0: Never would have got that. Kiss Me, Kate. Never heard of it.
4: It's a very good show. So the show is inspired by Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Um, Fun fact, the 1949 awards were the third Tony Awards and the first to include Best Musical. That year's top play was Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller, one of my favorite plays. Mm -hmm. And an extra tidbit the tony award is actually a nickname for the antoinette perry award for excellence oh. in theater so antoinette tony perry was an actress director and co-founder of the american theater wing and where tony award gets its name from yeah i
1: knew
0: I knew west side story was way later i think that's what yeah, 60s 60s.
1: 60s. Yeah.
3: 60s if i'm not mistaken south pacific is rogers and hammerstein that is correct
4: yep all right guys so uh end of regulation jeff what are our scores going into the final round
3: All right, that's a great question. I'm a bit slow on the math today, but I show Matt in second place with 120. And Ken held on to his lead coming out of that with only two questions right that round for 140.
4: All right, so 140 to 120. Uh, So this is how it's going to work. I will announce the final five categories, and each player can wager 0 to 30 points on each question using only the points that they have earned during regulation. Here are your final round categories. Math riddle. I hate math, but I thought this riddle was was very interesting, so it's a math riddle. Category two, Disney films. Category three, legal acronyms. Category four, video games. And category five, geography highs and lows. Mm-mm.
5: Don't even bother with the yeah. last one.
0: <laughs> you had me at geography. <laughs> so.
4: I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't feel
3: remiss that I'm not playing, but there's been like four or five questions or categories where I'm like, ooh.
4: Well, I, I made name. this a little harder than usual because I, I thought for some reason you were going to be in the game, and I was like, I got to make this challenging for Jeff.
5: What do you mean? I'm the only undefeated. Uh... Well,
4: oh, that's true. We'll see though after today.
0: I want to bet big on Disney films, but then there are also Neil's
5: questions, so I'm like, oh. I bet big. We'll see how how it goes.
4: All right. So uh, the first uh, final round category is a math riddle. I'm going to give you a little bit of time. Uh, It shouldn't take too long, but just really think about this one or at least write down the question. The ages of a father and a son add up to 55. The father's age is the son's age reversed. How old are they?
3: I'm loving this question. That's brilliant. right. Move on to the next one.
4: Question two, Disney films. Mel Gibson voiced an animated love interest in what Disney film? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Question three. Legal acronyms. Speaking of a different type of rap, when referring to a criminal's rap sheet, the acronym R-A-P stands for what? Question four. These two video game consoles, also known as current NFL mascots, were developed simultaneously for Atari until one was scrapped and the other was deemed a commercial failure, prompting Atari to leave the home video game console market. So one more time, it's a long one. These two video game consoles, also known as current NFL mascots, were developed simultaneously for Atari, until one of them was scrapped and the other was deemed a commercial failure, Mm. prompting Atari to leave the home video game console market.
0: I know one for sure. The other one I'm not, I'm a little iffy on.
4: Alright, and question five. California has the lowest point in North America. And the highest point is a couple thousand miles north in Alaska. Name them both.
0: No.
3: (laughs) Also another category I would feel fairly confident with. but Highs and lows.
5: Okay.
3: Much like this game. That's Mm -hmm.
4: right. That's why it's the last question.
1: I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia...
4: How are you feeling on these final five, Jeff, just with your own personal game going there?
3: Yeah, because uh we all know that I'm such a competitor, I try and play on my own even when uh when I'm keeping score here. But uh no, I feel quite good about them. Um math and, and geography are, are usually pretty good for me. Um so I think I've got uh three, maybe four of the answers. We'll see.
4: Okay. I'm all done. All right, yeah. Ken is all in. Matt is all in. Same. All right, so starting with question one, which the category was a math riddle. Jeff, what were their wagers? So going
3: into uh, that, both of them wagered 10. Mm -hmm. I wish I wagered more. (laughs) On that one. Yeah.
4: Yeah. All right. So let's start with Ken. What did you put? It looks like uh,
3: 14 and 41. Okay. And Matt? 14 and 41. That's correct.
4: The father is 41 and the son is 14.
3: If you have two digit years, I think 50 and 05 are also a potential answer. Oh, I had thought about that immediately. That's true. I was like,
4: oh, you could solve this, I think, an additional way if. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, question two Disney films. Mel Gibson voiced an animated love interest in what Disney film? What were their wagers? So, Ken with the
3: high wager here went 30, Matt, 20. Mm-hmm.
4: All right. Let's start with Matt.
3: Ugh,
0: I honestly didn't know. Um, I, I guess Pocahontas. Okay. Uh,
5: you guessed correctly. Okay.
4: The answer is Pocahontas. So, unlike some other characters in Disney, John Smith did not have one actor to voice dialogue and another to do the singing. Mel did them both. In the straight-to-video sequel, Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World, John Smith was played by Mel's brother, Donnell.
0: I knew it had to be before, like, 98, 99, when
4: people soured on Mel for a little bit. <laughs> so, for some reason. For some reason. Whatever he did. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny, too, about it is one of the songs, one of the ballads that Mel Gibson sings in the film, Test Screening said it was so boring that they cut it from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So question three, uh, legal acronyms, what did they wager, Jeff? So
3: uh, Ken took the safety uh, route here and he went with nothing. Matt, looking to play maybe a little bit of ketchup, took 20 mm-hmm. on that one.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll start with Ken. What does RAP stand for? I drew a line to the box. Yes. Okay. It is not a line in a box. Good guess. <laughs> Matt?
0: Um, I said records of arraignment priors.
4: Ooh, that's that's. Very close. Uh, good guess. The answer is records of arrests and prosecutions. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff, category four, what were their
3: wagers? All right, Matt still with the high hand here. Went 30, Ken 20 on this
4: uh, this particular question. All right, uh, Ken has less to lose. What were your answers, Ken?
5: So I was going uh, back and forth between uh, Jaguar, Panther, and Falcon. I went with Jaguar and Panther. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, and Matt? Uh,
0: Jaguar, I know, is correct. That one was the one that was actually released. Um, And then for the one that was scrapped, my guess was, I guess, Panther, because I thought that that might have been something that they scrapped in favor of Jaguar. So I said Jaguar and Panther.
4: Okay, so the game systems that were being made simultaneously, uh, also the Carolina and Jacksonville football teams are the Panther and Jaguar. Jaguar being my favorite animal. so That's why it's in there. All right, question five.
0: I just think that's funny that they were expansion teams in the same year, and they were yep. also f- failed Atari Council. I thought that was
4: really interesting. I was, I was going to incorporate that, but then I ended up changing my mind. That would have helped me more. <laughs> uh, I was going to put expansion teams, but I yeah. thought that would be too easy. Um, Jeff, so for the final uh, for category, highs and lows, what did I say for Jeff? Huh? Sorry.
5: No, I said, I said it would be easy for Matt. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, it exactly. would, would do nothing for me. <laughs>
4: uh, so question five, Jeff, what did they wager? They both took the
3: coward's yeah. way out on this one, wagering nothing. So these answers should be so interesting. Are we tied?
4: Uh,
5: maybe. All right, well, let's we'll get have to the do answers. Some math. I said uh, Denali and riddle. Death Valley.
4: Okay, so you said what was the highest point? Denali. Lowest point? Death Valley. Okay, Matt?
0: I said I refuse to answer this question.
4: All right, Matt pleads the fifth. Um, so the lowest point is the Badwater Basin in Death Valley, and the highest point, Mount McKinley or Denali uh-huh. in Alaska. So the bet. All right, great game, guys. That's it for the final round. It is now time to find out who is the Cream of the Crop. I am the Cream in the World Wrestling
2: Federation, and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know that I'm the Cream of the Crop.
3: All right, so this week's Cream of the Crop is Ken. uh, Tacking on an additional 60 points, he brings his total game score to 200. And uh, Matt didn't do too poorly either. Teched another 40 points on ending the game with 160.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah, I think if you eliminate both of the rounds, we did really well today. Yeah. <laughs> so our
5: swing round and our final round, very good. We, uh, did, we made a valiant effort. Yeah. Good good, uh, good. game, Matt. Good game.
4: Congratulations, Ken. Thanks to Jeff for being our scorekeeper, and thank you to Matt for a great game. If you'd like to play along with our contestants, make sure to check out our Facebook page and download our official Triviality score sheet that we use here in the studio. How can people get in touch with us, Jeff?
3: So the best way to get in touch with us is reach out to us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod. You could get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash TrivialityPod. If you'd like to get in touch with us by email, send all of your questions to us
4: at TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com. Of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, on behalf of Ken, Jeff, and Matt, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality.
1: I was a sniper in the Haganah (laughs) that was before the Israel Defense Forces. I can still put five bullets in a red circle and throw hand grenades. So be very careful. Even so I'm 82 years old, be careful what you are asking
2: me.